Daniels with Corewell Commercial Capital. Excellent. Thank you for joining the program here today, Mr. Luke Daniels. We've been talking a lot about some international activity here lately going on in the oil and gas world. Swan Energy, uh, Emran Khan, as well as Jeremy Pate were talking about some of the activity happening in the oil and gas sector. And of course, when we're talking mergers and acquisitions and big deals and bankruptcies, it gets pretty complex. It gets pretty confusing. So uh, Luke Daniels, thank you for joining us here today to talk a little bit about some of the international investments going on and what kind of impact you see that's going to have on the oil and gas sector. First off, how are you doing? Good, good. Well, thank you for having me. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, Go ahead. Yeah, and I appreciate you coming on. I just wanted to preface that a little bit about, you know, the international investments, because that is a thing that is going on that I don't think a lot of people realize because they're they're trying to figure out how to get their bills paid, you know, how to take how they get their mortgage paid and their lights and their heat and their, you know, credit card bills. They're not thinking about the international dollars that are coming in and what kind of ramifications and implications and change, really that it's going to have to the marketplace. So what are you seeing when you take a look at your tea leaves and crystal ball? Well, what we're seeing is that um, more international uh, businesses are taking over uh, our fields. So take, for instance, uh, from just 2015 to 2020, 98 EMP companies um, filed for bankruptcy just in Texas. So what we're seeing actually happen right now is the Chinese are actually coming in and trying to take over some of the areas, particularly in West Texas. Um, now, this isn't just uh, assets or, or rather um, percentages of, of firms. This is actually takeover of the land itself, and, and they get to process it. So with that, you know, we end up in a very difficult situation because the um, the companies that are filing for bankruptcy here um, are doing so in such a way that, that, um, that the funding is 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 no longer going to be kept here in the United States. So these international companies bring in their own people, and then they, the larger cap salaries end up sending the money out outside of the United States. And with a takeover like that, it's just a complete dilution of the American economy and our products that we use. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm digging notes here because, you know, I hear words like dilution and that really, you know, makes me think about, you know, what some of the impacts are going to be. Of course, everybody knows what a stock dilution is. I would say, listens to this program, probably knows when you dilute stock and that sort of thing. So interesting when you look at it from a workplace, workforce, we look at it from an investment side of things how this is going on. Um, really, to me, what it's, it's really showing is that the global economy is here. It's not a matter, a matter of when the globalization is going to happen. To me, it's another example that we are living in a global economy. What do you think about that? There's no doubt about it. Um, 
we have the opportunity to really capitalize on that. However, what we've seen with uh, the American dollar and the American bank is it's very difficult, or rather we make it rather difficult here in the United States to actually fund larger, um, small to mid-sized businesses to actually grow inside of our economy. And that's what other countries outside of the United States are kind of trying to capitalize on. You know, when you end up in a, a, um, a top-down regime such as China, they can they can divert funds really quickly in order to pick up some of the uh, bankruptcies that are happening over uh, across the United States, but in particular in West Texas right now. What do you see for people's of their business model? Uh, I'm taking a look at or taking a listen, I guess, some of the things you're talking about, especially when it comes to small and mid-sized businesses. You know, when you look at small to mid-sized businesses, one of the advantages they do have is that they can be quick and nimble and they can change their business plan if need be. Tonight, uh, I'm doing a live uh, recording session in Greeley, Colorado, Weld County, where we have uh, the chief revenue officer for Meridian Energy Group coming on to talk about their business model, basically, how they had to reinvent and, you know, reconfigure and just kind of do some things differently. And it's because they have this new business model that they're able to be a leader in the marketplace while everyone else is trying to figure out what to do. Um, talk to me about what you see about people when in relation to their business model. writing down the exponential growth comment because this is a revelation I've been having over the past year. Did my taxes last year and I looked at, I actually had nice growth. I had, I think, 30, 35% growth from the year before. And for the last like eight, 10 years, I've been, my business has been growing anywhere from 10 to 25% a year. And that used to be great. And so I used to think this was really good, but 
Then I started noticing how much my expenses were going up. And all of a sudden, I need to add this new regulation and this new fee and everything else. And all of a sudden, my, my, my growth was getting encroached on quite a bit. So I started wondering how these other companies were doing it. And I was looking at it and I'm like, okay, well, they're going out and projecting 100% growth. So this is, this is a different world that we're living in today. Um, anyway, I just th- your thoughts on that. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, the, 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 it makes it more difficult to grow because, you know, small to mid-sized companies like you or my, myself, we have to outsource everything. We have to constantly try and move with the, with the tide. Larger corporations have entities within themselves in order to, you know, stay in front of all of this and, and, and you know, talk to, they've got lobbyists on the sides of uh, Congress to know what, what's coming down the pipe. So they, they're prepared for anything that comes around the corner and they can, but us, I mean, we've got to constantly grow faster and faster. And in fact, the new model is grow as fast as you can in order to sell to the major. And that's, that's kind of the issue. Is that really what, what it's at? Is it, you know, the Wolf of Wall Street or whatever it is where you just got to inflate the numbers up or project the numbers up or, you know, get get the, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not trying to be derogatory about it, but it just seems like a lot of it is just kind of thin air type of a thing. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I look at that and it's like, wow, that's what, that's the new way of doing things. And so when I hear you talk about that it just seems like it validates a little bit, but anyway. Uh, so what, what what to do? What to do? That that's the where why why you're here is what to do. So I mean, let's talk about some traditional funding and some non-traditional funding. You know, because I'm doing the traditional way in a non-traditional world. You know, I mean, I thought ten to thirty percent a year growth was good, and that's not. That's actually you're falling behind. So. Talk to me about the different funding, the traditional funding and, you know, new funding sources and that sort of thing. Exactly. That, and that's what, that's what I got started in this for is because I, I needed to find a new way in order to get things done. Traditionally, you know, what a bank wouldn't even touch an oil and gas company for less than hundred million. Well, there's plenty of leases and, and things to develop that are in the tens of millions, even down to the single millions of, of dollars. But now, so I said there had to be a new break. And so that's what we did. We, we set out for a way to, to find a different way to fund these ideas. And it became, instead of the traditional loan from a bank, well, if you can't get a hundred million plus loan, you've got to go to a private equity firm. Well, the private equity firm hasn't worked really in years. And the only reason it worked is um, in the mid '90s, there was a there was a, a situation called the Milken model. <laughs> that, that was a that was a it was a disastrous. It was a great model for the PE firm, but disastrous for the investors and the, the equity or the um, operational group that was taking on some kind of operations, particularly in oil and gas. It was the EMPs. The equity firms they are at a point where nobody is making money except the equity firm. And they hold the purse. They hold the purse over the company. So, first of all, the equity firms will take, for instance, a drop in oil price. Well, they'll see that as a loss, and they'll stop their operations. Well, what happens when you stop operations? You have decline curves. Those decline curves then bring in lower and lower revenue on a monthly basis. The P 
key firms then liquidate your assets because they see it as even more of a loss, so on and so forth. But if you drop from, let's say, $60 to $40 barrel oil, and you can tell the PE firm that I'm, I'm profitable at $30 a barrel, so why can't I keep operations going? They don't see it that way. They'll see it as a complete loss. So they'll shut down the operations and liquidate. It doesn't matter what you have to say. They hold the purse. You can't do anything about it. They hold everything about the company. Even if you're CEO, you know, your percentage of sales is minute. And then on top of that, the PE firms are taking taking 2% of the investor's money. They're, 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 they're keeping all the carried interest. And then after, after payback, they're keeping 20% of the returns. With no, with no skin in the game. These PE firms, that's what they do. So we, I came out and I said, listen, there's got to be alternatives to this. We, we developed a loan model with some backers. And we have a loan model that's developed that has to do with no longer taking over the company. We don't, we're not going to take over your operations. You, you perform operations the way you see fit. And we will just simply supply the loan in order to do so. And we're not going to give the 20, 30% interest rate loans. We're talking interest rates as low as LIBOR plus two, which LIBOR, for anybody that doesn't know, is what the banks currently um, borrow money from the federal government at. So that's what we've done. And it's not just, this is just one of our programs. And we, we can do this for oil and gas assets outside of oil and gas. But, but the important thing that we're trying to do here is leave the operations in the operator's hands. Let them keep all their assets in 100% of what of their purchase. We just want to supply them the capability to perform ops in their way to get them to a better spot so that they can compete on the, on the level of the majors. And this is not just for oil and gas operators. This is for service companies to consulting firms to you know you name it we could we we've got so many backers on on this on this program and several others very similar to it that we are able to to move forward on able to provide a, a future a real future for you know a lot of these guys that are sticking to these PE firms I, I mean I hate to say it but the old way that we used to do things and trying to be inside the inner circle is is an ancient way of doing things. We've got to move forward on moving outside the box. So let's talk about how you can help people with this problem because um, that's actually one of the reasons you're here. One of the things we like to do at The Crude Life is, sure, we like to talk about some of the problems out there, but anytime we can offer a solution, we like to give that. And I'm sure you've mentioned it several times, how you can help people who are, maybe looking for alternatives of financing, maybe looking for just to talk through some different ways. Um, a lot of times just knowing what the options are is, is peace of mind alone. Um, how can people get in touch with you and what kind of things can you offer them that'll uh, be a solution to their problem? Most definitely. I mean, anybody that has a, wants to hold a conversation, I'm always open to conversations on directions to go. And they can reach me at, uh, my phone number is 817-480-6621. And then my, um, visit our website, Corewell Commercial Capital 
Facebook.com, and even email me directly at ldaniels at corwellcommercialcapital.com. I think um, anybody that uh, can hold it, wants to hold a conversation, at least they know the direction to go.